Well, welcome inside again to Alex Garrett Podcasting and someone who I tend to welcome around this time of year because he actually wrote the Gospel of St. Nick, the Gospel of Santa Claus, and he rejoins me, Wayne Vanderwall. And Wayne, I love having you during the Christmas time because you such you bring such uplift to my audience and audiences everywhere with your writing and I figure and your words too. So welcome back. Thank you, Alex. I, I love hanging out with you and chatting with you and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, we can say Merry Christmas a hundred percent. But let's let's talk about first, um this is a time that's very stressful because we are seeing another onslaught of another variant, Omicron this time. And so I believe we talked about COVID last time and obviously things got better since we last talked and they now have gotten worse. So you are a man of God. You believe in God. You're a man of faith and you write about him too. Um, What's God's role in this right now as the world sees Omicron bearing down? Wow. That's a theological philosophical question right there. What's God's role? I, I truly believe God is in control and he either allows things to happen for a purpose or he orchestrates things for a purpose. And uh, his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Uh, how this is all playing out exactly uh, and why? Wow, that's a that's a huge question. And I, I, I don't, you know, I think we're all asking that. Uh, you know, well, I, I don't think. Let me do, let me just finish my thought real quick. So, uh, my, first of all, I always go back to to the beginning that we live in a fallen world, and so you know, Jesus made it very clear that in this world we will have trials and tribulations that we're not immune. Just as because we're Christians, we're not immune to that. That you know, the rain and sun fall and shine on, you know, good and evil. And, uh, you know, but he made it clear to us that he has, has conquered all and let our hearts not be troubled. And, uh, and so that's, that's, I guess that's where I'm at with this is that, you know, this is going on. There's a lot of controversy on why it happened, if it was man-made or not. And that's a whole nother show I'm sure we could talk about, but regardless, it, it it's happened. It's, the enemy comes to seek, uh, steal, kill, and destroy. And, uh, you know, we it, we as believers uh, have the light of Christ in us and we're to bring hope to the world. I just think of, as I sing in the, the song, Old Holy Night, one of my favorite Christmas songs earlier, and, and the one line, uh, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And I think many of us are weary from dealing with this over the last going on two years now and we're weary, but we have a thrill of hope. And, you know, I I appreciate you having me on this time of season because, you know, we are looking at the light, you know, born in the manger that Christmas morning, 2000 years ago. And, you know, that's what my book uh, and you and I try to do during the season by having more uplifting, hopeful, uh, dialogues and and celebrations and for the record and that is so beautiful and i do love a holy night i do believe god is getting us through this not that he caused it obviously but he's getting us through it is he not i i feel like 
People have to be reminded that God's got us through this. He's going to get us through this. Oh, yeah. We we have the Savior, the Redeemer, the, our Messiah, uh, for sure. And uh, yeah, I just think of all you know, the different scriptures. I mean, do not fear or be not, be not afraid. How many times was that said in the Bible? You know, God comforting us, angels comforting us, Jesus comforting us, you know, saying... You know, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and sound mind or self-control. Uh, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I mean, so that's what we cling to as believers, that we have that strength. You know, we have the hope of what's before us in heaven, but then we also have uh, the joy and hope, you know, in the present that, God is with us. He's Emmanuel. God is God with us. So, yeah, you know, you're you're spot on. We we do have uh, the hope and joy of the Lord to get us through this time. Now we had talked about your prison ministry, but in looking up more of your role, you're you're a school psychologist. So, as a believer, first of all, is it a public school that you work in? Uh, yeah, I was. It was uh, 27 years. I actually retired. Uh, this last year, since I probably since I talked to you last, I've retired. Yeah, and we all know God is is kind of being eradicated from the public school system. I think we can safely say that. Um, I don't know if that's what led to your retirement, but I feel like the public school system doesn't see God the same way you do. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on, and you know, it's been happening for decades. You know, since they took prayer out of school. You know, 50 years ago and and 60 years ago now, I guess. Wow. And uh, yeah, no, it's a it's a tough place to be in in public schools, especially with uh, you know most uh, educators nowadays are non-believers. So you know, a lot of people talk about end times and the Antichrist, but I just think, you know, we don't even have to wait around for the big Antichrist because there's a bunch of little Antichrists. There's millions, if not billions, on this planet who are anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-Christ that we deal with, uh, you know, and sadly here in America more now than ever. Well, uh, it's true, and that's why I know that your writing um, is uplifting and it's worth now, the Gospel of Santa Claus, how did that book go? Is there any developments with that? Because I know that was what you pitched me at the National uh, Publicity Summit. And, and well, what was the update on, on that beautiful book? Yeah, it's doing well. The Gospel of Santa Claus, inspired by the true story of St. Nicholas. So it's a historical fiction novel about the real St. Nick. And, uh, yeah, it hit number one on Amazon last year and uh, about a week and a half ago. It reached number one again this year, uh, number one on Amazon as well, bestseller. And so I'm just real thankful and blessed for that, that the word's getting out. And and it's each year it's becoming bigger and bigger. And what, I, what I'm really excited about, because I really want it in the hands of our youth because they're our future. And uh, just hoping and praying for a great awakening with our youth. And uh, I know I have uh, one middle school, Catholic middle school, who bought the book for their whole school. So every student wow. and, and their family is reading it this Christmas season. And just real quick for your audience who's not familiar with it, I, I split the book up into 30 chapters. 
to be read the 30 nights before Christmas. So it actually starts on November 25th, if you want to read it. It's kind of like a daily devotion to go along with Advent. And at the end of each chapter, I have a devotion to go deeper with the content in the chapter with some uh, questions uh, to ask ourselves about the content and uh, also uh, scripture and then a little prayer at the end of every chapter. So that's what this school is doing is having the students with their families uh, reading this daily, nightly as a family well, what about and then sharing it, you know, going through the devotions at the end of each chapter. What about adults who seem to have been losing faith by the day? It feels like around us, I mean, they can use an uplifting story like the actual story of St. Nick, can they not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's a historical fiction novel, so it's definitely written for middle school, high school adults. And uh, But that's, that's why I'm excited about it, because it's not just the middle school kids doing it, it's the whole family, including the parents. And uh, no, absolutely. We, the adults, uh, my, my, I wrote it, you know, to, I would read to my kids every night before bed. And so I wrote it with that in mind to read to my kiddos uh, before bed. And that's my hope and prayer is that families, this will be a family book, you know, that every Christian family will have, have it on their uh, coffee table and will be reading it during this time of year. Uh, as a family thing, uh, to have conversations. Because there's a lot of, you know, tough topics in there. You know, one, one thing I don't want to give too much away, but Nicholas's parents died when he was young in a plague. You know, here we are in the middle of a pandemic, but in reality, it's a, it's a plague. We don't use that word, but that's what it is. So a couple of the chapters are dealing with death of a loved one and how we as a Christian, you know, should should be viewing death. And so that's, you know, those are serious topics that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping parents will be having with their children. Another one is tithing. You know, it's hard to sit, you know, some kids down and say, hey, let's talk about tithing. They're, you know, they're going to roll their eyes like boring, you know, but when they're reading about it in the Gospel of St. Nick, Santa Claus and reading about how St. Nicholas was taught about tithing by his parents and how he tithes, he's a faithful tither or whatever. So it, it's more engaging. Uh, to teach our children about the importance of tithing. And, and there's you know, so many lessons in the book. You know, each chapter has some sort of faith lesson. You know what song's coming to mind as we talk about this, actually? Uh, uh, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and the, uh-huh. and the line, Death's dark shadows put to flight. And I'm like, it is dark out. And we are... And, of course, I think the media plays a role in us panicking right now. Can we just admit that? So Big time. God does put death dark shadows to flight, does he not? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he uh you know, where his light is there is no darkness. So and uh you know, and that includes in our in our hearts, uh as as uh his children, but then, you know, he shines his light in into our hearts, into our spirits, and we receive his light just like his love and forgiveness and, and joy and peace. And then we are to extend that, you know, we're, we're called to be the light on the hill. And so, you know, it, so that's the beauty of having him as our personal savior that, that, you know, if we're engaged with him and digging in the word and prayer and, and sitting in his presence, soaking in his presence, hopefully daily and taking that t- quiet time with him that, you know, he's, he's uh, shining the light of his light 
uh, and love in, into us. And Wayne, how can I... Uh, uh-huh, go for it. No, I, lo- I love that rejuvenating everything, and we need rejuvenation. And I want to ask you, how, how can we overcome, and this is a very biblical thing, uh, biblical idea of double talk, is it not? I feel like we're being intentionally confused so how can our faith overcome that confusion? Is it, it, it? Is that? Do you feel that too? Um, that our leaders are being double talkish and very like one thing, and then they say another thing. It's all confusion, and I don't know if it's intentional or not. But there's some confusion going on with messaging, and that I know the Bible frowns on that actually. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying now. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is purposeful. They want us, uh, they want us shaken. They want us fearful. The world, our enemy wants us uh, off kilter, and you know, because fear is out of the Lord. And so the more they can make us fearful, the more they can uh, get their agenda in place and get us to, you know, I, this is a powerful phrase, and people might be offended, but bow the knee bow the knee to what they're doing in this world rather than bowing the knee to to Christ and, and, and God and who we find our strength in. And so, yeah, it's that's even more reason why we really need to be in the Word, hearing the truth, uh, God's truth over the world's uh, deception and falsities and to give us, you know, that's why I love that one uh, the one scripture about uh, you know that we have a spirit of of love of power and sound mind uh, that that's what we need more than ever you know common sense is so uncommon nowadays in this in this country and uh, so we really need to be digging in the word and encouraging each other and that's one reason why I really appreciate your show and and what you do is you know your your uh, you know, being uh, a spotlight, you know, to, to God's truth and, and bringing out God's truth to, to right people's minds, to make their minds sound again and bring common sense back to uh, the forefront. Well, I do believe in, in the sound mind, and I think we all have lost that a little bit, and we're all trying to get it back here. Um, <laughs> Wayne, I, I mentioned that because the double talk is in our schools, and I mentioned this to you today, and it's kind of a perfect segue, we now have kids being told they can actually do in-person classes while being exposed to COVID. Uh, and the double talk is in play here, because weren't we told even just a few months ago that can't happen? I mean, the confusion just with that alone um, may be why people should read your next book about pre-K to K, and maybe because the younger kids are very much affected here, are they not, with all these messaging? Yeah, and that that's what I think, you know, from the very beginning of this uh, whole COVID thing is, has broken my heart, uh, is the effect that it's having on, on our youth and on our, our young children and, and the messages that they're getting. Because, uh, you know, we don't talk about it enough. You know, COVID's getting all the headlines, but the reality is our, we have a mental health crisis happening with our youth and children, with depression, anxiety, drug use, abuse, suicide. I mean, all these 
statistics are off the charts as far as what's happening to our kids. And, and uh, you know, when you look at it statistically, you know, they're, they're the least affected by this virus. I mean, their natural immunity is just off the charts. And, I mean, it, we're talking about almost zero point zero 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 there's four zeros I was looking it up this morning point zero 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 four point four no point zero 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 four uh chance of them dying from this I mean it's basically zero percent chance and here you know what we're doing to them in the schools uh with the the social distancing the masks sending them home for two weeks if they're exposed. I mean, the whole class is sent home uh, if one kid gets it and, uh, you know, and then they're in a sense banished. And so in kids need, especially these little kids, you know, I, I loved working in the elementary uh, at the at elementary level because they, I, I felt like I could make more of a difference with them because they were so open to, being helped much more than the older kids and to see these little kids that just need hugs and loves and and uh you know a smiling face and stuff and they they don't see faces anymore they don't they can't even see their teachers smiling at them and and they can't give them hugs and and uh love on them and it's just a whole new world and you know kids even adolescents you know they they need that touch and and positive affirmation and you know, when we got a mask and they can't touch each other and they got to stay from each other and, you know, constantly wiping and and uh, everything down and, and sanitizing. When you have girls going through this right now or are they grown up now? My kiddos are grown. So they're about to turn 25 and 23. And, uh, and my daughter, I think I mentioned to you, she's actually moving to New York here in a few weeks. That's very cool, and I'm very excited for her. And I mean, even those in their 20s, this was a very traumatic thing for everybody. So, uh, oh, it is. We it can is. understand it a little more, but obviously, we all didn't understand what was going on, and and so it's just, I don't know. And that's why I love having you on because you've got this insight that I feel we're not hearing anywhere else. To be very honest with you, because no one wants to think about, well, how can we get through this? It's and and maybe that's not godly is to just keep saying, no, it's going to get worse. But that's not what God would want us to speak into existence, right? Right. Yeah, no, we we have so much positive. Real quick, just to mention about my kids, you know, you're right. They they both are in college. They're both graduating this month. And to see what they experienced just with college, you know, because college shut down too uh, back in 2020 and then everything was online you know, kids miss graduation and and all kinds of different big time events and sports and I mean their whole lives are put on hold and I just feel for them. You know, all the way up through college has been affected. Uh, but yeah, going back to what you were just saying, uh, again, we're just uh, we just need to really focus on uh, who we have in our lives as far as our savior and. Uh, you know, and if, if if you don't mind, I, I'll do this real quick, but I have a, a little thing that I do that says, be like Santa to, to relieve holiday stress. And I have S-A-N-T-A. Uh, 
it's an acronym. So S for Santa would be stop, take time out. Every day we all need to just stop and take a time out and have a little prayer time with God and just get, have a heart to heart with God and uh, just let him know where we're at, you know, because he cares. He's experienced everything we've experienced and he cries when we cry. He he feels pain when we feel pain and he wants to, he's our great counselor. He, he wants to be there. The Holy Spirit's our counselor. So they want to help us. So F, stop, take time out. A, anticipate imperfection, uh, that the holidays aren't going to be perfect. You know, don't be Clark Griswold trying to make everything perfect because it's not going to happen. So lower the expectations, try to cut out some uh, activities and slow down a little. And just know that everything, there's things, the water heater is going to blow, the car is going to get a flat tire, uh, the kids are going to be, antsy, you know, things aren't going to be perfect, so don't anticipate it. Uh, N, in Santa, S-A-N, navigate one day at a time. You know, plan out the, the holidays, you know, your activities, all that. It's good to have that so it's out of your mind and it's on paper and you can just look at it. Uh, but then after you do that, just navigate one day at a time. Some of us have to navigate just one hour at a time. Because uh, oh, about things every minute, crazy. I mean, <laughs> we, were about, we were talking about attention spans, and I was saying, you know, people are yeah. not listening to podcasts for an hour, and it's true. And you said, well, the attention span is decreasing, is it not? And I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, so yeah, I mean, if you got to navigate one day at a time, and uh, but the point is just, you know, focus on the here and now. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. The past is gone. Today's called the present for a reason. It's a present. So focus on today. T. S-A-N-T, think thankfully. Uh, have a thankful heart. A thankful heart is a happy heart. You know, science is just catching up to the Bible. You know, God said thousands of years ago, be thankful. Be joyful, thankful, and prayerful in, in all things. And, you know, science just shows how powerful having a thankful attitude and attitude of gratitude is for our uh, for our being, for our, for our sanity. And then A, Santa, S-A-N-T-A, accept yourself. Uh, accept that, you know, you're not perfect. The people aren't around you aren't perfect. And uh, so just accept yourself for who you are. God loves you the way you are. God loves me the way I am. And for for all my strengths and great things and all my weaknesses and uh, shortcomings, God accepts us for who we are, just the way we are. And we have to give ourselves some grace. He gives us grace and mercy. We have to step back and give ourselves some grace and mercy and not be so hard on ourselves, you know, when we fall or, or make a poor choice or whatever. Just accept ourselves during this time. So so that's my little tip to help uh, relieve some holiday stress uh, and be like Santa, you know. He would, well, can, he I would test my, can I test my, um, because I want my listeners to understand, can I test my, Attention span for a minute. Uh, <laughs> so uh, stop and basically stop and give time with God is S. Yes. A is anticipate imperfection, which I love because sometimes you want everything so lined up. Uh, uh, navigate. N is navigate. Navigate today's world, I think, and you mean with God by your side, knowing he's always there. T uh, is think thankfully, and I love that one, especially because at the end of it, we're in COVID, but we've also 
been able to get through COVID. I mean, yeah. those who are alive today, they have a bigger reason to be thankful in my view. Um, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and the A is accept yourself. And that's a very, um, I think people have trouble doing that, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I love those with that wisdom of Santa. And it's a tip, it's a take on something that's become very commercialized also. Um, the idea of Santa has it not been commercialized more than it should have been, considering its roots of biblical proportions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can be our own worst enemies. We can be our own worst critics. I know I, I have, and uh, and so, or I can be. So, yeah, just you know, trying to see ourselves how God sees us, and that He just loves us unconditionally, no matter what, and just how blessed and. I mean, if that doesn't make us thankful, what what does, you know? <laughs> when I'm going to ask you this because I feel like God is also involved with this. Have we not lived with disease for thousands of years? And as a society, we've still been able to overcome that. So what's the difference now? That's what I keep trying to figure out is we've had thousands of years with this. Yes, God has gotten us through it through science, by the way, that people don't really connect the two, but I feel like they are connected because um, mm-hmm. God, God gives gifts, you know, he gives Steph Curry a gift to become the leading three-point shooter. He also gives the gift of someone to be able to create a medicine with the touch of their hand. I mean, that's a gift. So uh, by God giving him a gift. So he's guided us through thousands of years. Why is this the one that really shakes everybody up? What, what, What's the reason behind it, do you think? Oh, geez. Now, uh, you know, I'm really trying not to be political. But, uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, the love of money is a root of evil. And I just think uh, I just think in these times, follow the money. That I mean, we're talking billions and trillions of dollars. I, I saw a statistic uh about a month ago that said during this time there have been 500 billionaires made just from this pandemic and so people are profiting from this and you've alluded to the media a few times that that there's an agenda you know and i hate to think like that but you know i we know humanity the bible tells us, helps us understand who God is, how people are, and how we are ourselves, and uh, we live in a fallen world, and there's people out there that uh, are selfish, and, you know, uh, they they benefit from crisis, and, uh, you know, there's the saying that we've heard a lot over the last year and a half is, don't let a good crisis go to waste. And uh, that people use this time to benefit themselves, and a lot of people are benefiting financially, and uh, but they don't allow people to question. And you know, one thing I hear is don't question. You know, just trust science. And to me, that's like one of the most unscientific phrases you can say, because science should be questioned. Uh, you know, that's what a good scientist does is question. Okay, you're doing something that way. How are you doing it? Why are you doing it? What's in the ingredients? What, uh, you know, maybe we can improve on it if you, if I question you and iron sharpens iron, 
but we're not allowed to question. We're told to just accept things the way they are. And uh, so anyway, that's my thought. I could go on and on, but that I just think there's more to it than what we see. And we're in a time compared to all these other plagues and whatever, that, that people are, are opportunists and they're uh, kind of milking this whole thing. I'm not saying it's not real, and there's not valid concerns. Well, look, Cuomo, thank God, the state, thank God the state's telling Cuomo to give back the $5 million he made while his state was suffering. I mean, uh, uh-huh. that is the example I will always lead with because he turned out to be a fraud, in, in all honesty. But mm-hmm. I, I know you are leaning conservative. I know you don't want to get political, but I have to ask you this because I feel <laughs> like you're a I feel like you're a historian as much as I like history. You know, this week was Bill of Rights week, right? So Bill of Rights Day was earlier this week on December 15th. And another part of this society is to get rid of the statues of those that wrote the Bill of Rights. So are we, I don't know, as we're holding up the statues, are we lessening the meaning of the Bill of Rights? Like should society even even be supporting the Bill of Rights if they want the statues gone. I mean, there's a disconnect here of honoring the Bill of Rights, yet throwing out the statues of those that wrote the Bill of Rights. I don't know, maybe I'm not connecting it right, but it just feels like a weird thing that we honor it, yet we're seeing the statues be taken out. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I think, uh, yeah, again, I just think there's an agenda happening and you know where there are people who are trying to uh, take God out of our history and rewrite history and even make our founding uh, founding fathers uh, you know look bad and you know make everything that they did seem bad and uh, you know it's a movement to you know what the ultimate end game is that they want I'm not sure but I, I don't think it's good for America and so it is. It's heartbreaking that, you know, I, I just believe that we have a constitution that is unlike any in the world, in the history of the world. And God definitely had his thumbprint, uh, has it in the constitution and mm. and on America. So I just feel like, I, again, I go back to the anti-Christ spirit, anti-God that there's a movement trying to remove God, not just from our schools, but from our country, from our history. And, and it starts with uh, the constitution that, I mean, God's even mentioned throughout the constitution that if, if we remove a higher power, if we remove God from America, then we're left with uh, humanistic uh, relativism you know, where everyone has their own truth and their own beliefs. And then, you know, we have 330 million different beliefs and who's right? Well, I don't tell me I'm not right because I don't think you're right. And we, we all need a law. This is a land of mm. laws. And I feel like we need that law, the Bill of Rights, uh, called De- Declaration of Rights or Charter of Rights, uh, the rights of our citizens, uh, you know, for free speech and, and, and all the different things. We need that as a foundation to stand on. 
And when that's removed, then it's a free-for-all. And that's the scary thing. And I think that's what you're seeing. You know, people are just trying to remove, not just change history, but remove God from it, ultimately. I think it's, you know, a, a demonic plan in some sort, in some way. A hundred percent. And um, I was going to ask you, so accept yourself as, when you say that, because people accept themselves as not feeling like a certain gender. I, I don't know, it gets into these complicated feelings. So I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on that part, because there are people very confused about how they accept themselves. Uh, again, it's heartbreaking. You know, having devoted my whole life to working with children, it's already confusing enough. But when you start telling them, you know, they we need a foundation. We need clear male and female role models. That's why you know they're trying to break the the family apart as well. That's you know you attack the family. The God established the family: I mean, a mother, a father, and children. And uh, when you try to destroy that and blur the lines of uh, sexuality and sexual orientation, uh, it just it it tears down the family. And so to be telling little kids while they're impressionable, while their brain is still developing, that they can be whatever they want and they can even make something up, I mean, how detrimental that is. And how confusing, and that's what we're doing to these kids by uh, blurring the lines at such an early age. I mean, I think we've all gone through the teen years uh, with everything we see in the media and stuff that confuses us already. I just think, what was it, like 10 years ago that one song came out, uh, I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It, and it was a huge hit. And that started a whole... Uh, exploration movement for for kids uh, as kind of a green light, you know, and during, again, during those impressionable uh, confusing, you know, years of hormones raging, and then you throw in drug use and alcohol that uh, lowers the inhibitions, and then, you know, they're experimenting and doing all this stuff uh, that mm-hmm. confuses them even more um, yeah, it, it, it's just sad to see what's happening to our kids and what we're doing to them. And when I say we as a country, but it's, you know, a certain certain population that has an agenda to to break down the, the traditional nuclear godly family. All right, one, one last thing, because we also started this friendship talking about your prison ministry and last time we talked you mentioned COVID made it very difficult to get in there to be with the inmates during this time so has there been any improvement have you been able to see have you been able to restart your ministry since we last talked yeah absolutely so 2020 was it was interesting because we actually you know for a couple months we were off and then even when a lot of the world was shut down, you know, they actually let us back in. And so we were ministering. Uh, But then just over the last few months, actually really since the mandates started, probably around summer, uh, because of uh, a lot of people, you know, exercising their freedom of choice not to 
receive this experimental vaccine that mm-hmm. it's it's uh affecting their staffing of the of the jail and so uh it's actually been you know we go in once a week sunday nights and it's actually been probably four weeks in a row that they've canceled on us because they're short-handed um so so we're back in kind of a, a tough situation and they're short-handed because of you know them letting go of sheriff deputies uh mm-hmm. that you know are uh you know refusing the mandate you know they're it's a misnomer that people are anti-vaxxers because we've all had the polio, mumps, measles, rubella, you know, all these other vaccines. It's just this particular vaccine that people are hesitant about because no it's one anti knows what it is. Huh? It's anti-control. Yeah. yeah, anti-control, anti-mandate, really. It's not anti-vax. And so, so yeah, so right now that's kind of what we're running into is uh, we haven't been getting there. It's been hitting this really over the last few months. Uh, since summer, but it's really been bad this last month of uh, them being shorthanded because of uh, the mandate. So, so yeah, it's 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 sad because you, know, you know there's they love when we come in there. They're they're so hungry that a lot of them are at the bottom of their life, you know, and they're really searching mm-hmm. and seeking change. And and uh, yeah, so we're we usually leave more blessed than they are because. You know, just to see God really move and and touch the the people that we get to minister to. Amen. Well, Wayne, I really appreciate this time as always, and please do come back as maybe some brighter days will be with the ministry <laughs> and and uh, obviously the Christmas lights right now. But yeah, I tell you what, I'd love to come back in January because when the lights go out, that the, the January February is where the light really needs to be shown more because. The physical light's not there. I mean, uh-huh. um, we honor That's Christmas now. We don't honor mm-hmm. that light any other time of the year. So come back in January and give us some more uplift if you can. Yeah, and I might see you. I'll be flying back with my daughter. That's right. You might news. see you. I might see you. Yeah. That would be even better. An in-person podcast or video. That would be interesting. So Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Well, Wayne, God bless you, sir. And good luck with the move. And I That's do pray good. to see you soon enough. Yeah, thank you, Alex, and uh, thanks again for all you do, especially this time of year, trying to bring the light to the world. And, and, uh, yeah, once again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I'm Alex Garrett. We are always adapting. We're always trying to just, uh, I wouldn't say be the light because God is the light, but we're always just trying to get the message out. And um, thanks for listening, and Wayne, thanks for joining. We'll talk to you soon.